Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Asa, let's do a little scene to get us into today's topic. Are you game? I'm game. All right. So imagine, if you will, we, you and me, and listeners Mm -hmm. too, you can join in with this. It'll be a fun play along at home. Please do. Yes. So we are on a team of inventors that works for a supervillain. And as part of their plan to take over the world, they will be infiltrating a fancy gala disguised as the pianist that's hired for background dinner music. The catch is that this villain cannot play the piano. So we, as the inventors on this team, must come up with a convincing way to make it look like the villain is playing the piano. All right. How will we make this happen? Okay. Okay, so... My first thought is smaller man in the front of your tuxedo with his <laughs> arms through your sleeves playing the piano and you just look like a heavier dude that's it okay but asa how is that <laughs> how is that an invention it's inventive okay <laughs> sure sure um let me see if i were trying to play the piano but could not mm-hmm. maybe here here's this how about smaller man inside the piano okay plucking the strings for me as we go okay the but ultimate what if... prepared piano <laughs> that's true but <laughs> what if they had had that happen before so they locked the piano They're sick of people going in their piano. (laughs) Stop going in the piano. (laughs) They always have children playing hide-and-seek in their piano during fancy galas. Oh, gosh. Why are the children invited? They're they're very fancy children. Maybe they need their own party. They do. (laughs) They need a kid's piano to hide in. (laughs) Okay, so does the villain's kids get to hang out with the rich people's kids? Absolutely, and they become fast friends, and that's the real plot of the movie. Is that they're is that which their side parents, are they on? Well, no, the the kids are on the kids' side, and it's a movie about being a child and the innocence of childhood, while your parents try to destroy the like take over the world or save the world. But you're just a kid. You're hiding so in a piano. So it's a little like you're having the fun. opposite of Parent Trap. <laughs> I'd say okay. so. So getting back to making our villain play the piano... We usually do this at the end. We apologize, listeners. (laughs) What if we could hook up some contraption to the villain that was like a mechanical exoskeleton that That... was pre-programmed to, like, be able to push down their fingers or, like, you know, electrocute their muscles in the right way to move their fingers as they go? That was that was gonna be my next suggestion. I have oh, cool. <laughs> I have watched a bunch of videos on YouTube by a crazy man named Michael Reeves, 
and he experiments a lot with tens units um, to tase various parts of the body to make it do things on command. And I think that's a logical extension of those crazy experiments. I think that is a very good plan. All right, so we've done it. We've cracked the code. We know how to make the ultimate player piano. Mm -hmm. It's a fancy tens unit. It's, It's a fancy taser. Now, potentially, fortunately... Um, people crack this code before us, uh, and it doesn't involve tasers at all. What does it involve? Well, in case you hadn't noticed already, we are talking about the player piano this week. And the player piano is just what it sounds like. It's a piano that is its own player. It's automatic, and it's, a, it's an acoustic instrument with a contraption that allows it to play the music without direct human input needed. But more on that in a little bit. Yay! Welcome to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so before our modern player pianos, there's actually evidence dating back all the way to the 9th century of automatic instruments that were in some small form or another automatic, but none of them really gained a huge amount of popularity. And of course, a somewhat similar invention is also the music box, or maybe a hand crank piano, essentially a large music music box. So while both of these produce an acoustic sound still, they are on a much smaller scale than a normal piano. They work with a kind of plucked key mechanism sound rather than the struck string like a normal piano. So a normal acoustic piano that is played by a human or a sufficiently advanced robot works through a complex lever system so that when a key is depressed by the finger, a small felt mallet will strike a metal string to produce sound. So it would make sense that an automatic piano would work in the same way. And in fact, the first patented machine intended to play the piano without the aid of a human was called the Pianola, patented by Edwin S. Voti in 1898. And it actually essentially was a robot. However, it wasn't powered by electricity, not yet at least when it was first patented, but rather by a bellows system that was powered by a foot pedal. So technically we still do have a small amount of human input, but the human is not needing to be skilled and technical for playing the piano keys. So what is the pianola? Well, this was essentially a large cabinet that could be wheeled right up in front of an existing piano, and wooden padded fingers were positioned over each key. A paper roll with punched holes was installed in the cabinet, which rotated at a set speed, and as holes passed over a mechanism, the appropriate finger was depressed and thus hitting the piano key, playing a normal piano, normal unmodified piano, like normal. (laughs) Everything was so normal. Everything was so normal except for the giant robot. (laughs) This sounds like a weird Doctor Who episode or something. It kind of does, actually. Now, the fact that the piano wasn't modified in any way was very advantageous because if you couldn't play a particularly fancy piece of music but still wanted that live piano sound... Here you could have an automatic virtuoso right in your own home, and it could be wheeled away when you desire to practice the piano on your own, although apparently it was quite heavy. Um, So maybe you and your friends would wheel it away, or practically speaking, probably your servants. (laughs) Or maybe you just gave up on your dreams of becoming the next big 
piano virtuoso. Indeed. And, and you so... let the pianola sit in front of the piano forever collecting dust. <laughs> and of course, the other big related downside to this is that it's an additional piece of furniture you have to have. It obviously blocks off the piano, and being an early invention, the early uses for the pianola were quite limited. So a fix to all this was to install the player action onto the piano itself. Now this was a little bit complicated because it did require installing this during the actual building of the piano. It wasn't really an aftermarket feature. Though I imagine you could make it aftermarket if you basically took your whole piano apart. You just <laughs> would have to know how to put your piano back together. <laughs> yep, now with a player action in it. Yeah, now we've player action. <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like an action figure from like the 80s or something. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so these player actions, they were still pneumatic, meaning that they were powered by air. But it wasn't with blowing air, but rather with suction. How this all worked is that there was a piano roll, which was, again, that piece of paper with the punched holes, that was installed into the front of the piano. And conveniently, these could be switched out for different tunes, and so you could, you know, put whatever roll you wanted, essentially. Each of these different tunes was coated with a different series of perforations within the paper. The bellows system was started, and then actually created a vacuum effect on the paper pulling it tight against the mechanism. When a hole in the paper passed over this suction, the vacuum was suddenly exposed, so air was rapidly pulled into the piano through that small hole. And the air was then funneled through a tube to a valve inside that was affixed to the key mechanism. The input of the air caused this valve to open and actually raise up. As a result, it hit the piano key mechanism, thus triggering the normal hammer system to strike the string and playing the note. These players with the player action are extremely fun because there are still keys on the outside of the piano that you can see depressing when the internal hammer is moving. Thus, it can kind of look like a ghost is playing. Ooh, and we're just in time to get ready for the spooky fall season here with this. So yes, everyone, we are. get your player pianos ready. It's time for a haunting. <laughs> Now, one downside of the very first player pianos that were made like this is that they only played the notes. There was really no dynamic contrast. However, this was later rectified with the so-called reproducing piano, which actually has a separate line of encoded punches that do have some effect on the dynamics. So they essentially modify how hard the hammer is hitting the strings when it is triggered. By the start of the early 20th century, as electricity was becoming a more common thing to have installed in the home, these reproducing pianos actually phased out the foot-powered bellows in favor of an electric pump. Thus, we were finally taking the human element out of the equation. Now, this type of player piano was actually wildly popular. Think about it in context of the times. Obviously, having a real piano in your home was something that you could play, entertain your friends and family with, and practice your own skills, but it could also produce high-quality sound. And the other listening and recording devices at the time, like the gramophone and the radio, produced a very low-quality sound comparatively. So if you wanted to listen to a piano sonata, a better option was to have a player piano in your home 
to produce that performance on demand. And with the advent of the reproducing piano, we actually have some of the earliest authentic recordings from some of the best pianists in history. The first piano rolls that were made when the player piano was first being produced were actually hand-coded directly from the sheet music, so essentially a technician went through the music and measured out exactly where to put each punch. So the music was very accurate, but there is no expression like vibrato or special dynamics and accents, etc. Now a slight modification to the reproducing piano is that rather than the holes being punched already in the paper, there was actually a series of pens hooked up and a blank roll was installed so that as a performer played the piano, the paper got marked up and then it was later hole punched with their exact timing and rubato and you know all of their stylistic choices. So the producing rather than the reproducing piano. <laughs> On a second thought, reproducing piano, lots of small pianos. Oh, they're so cute! <laughs> I can just imagine them. Little pianos running around, and for some reason they're barking like puppies. Do you see it, Asa? Do you see the vision? I, I do. I do. And <laughs> I do. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> I didn't have a follow-up. <laughs> Obviously. So notable piano roll performers that are quite famous for their authentic performances that we now get to hear now in our modern time because of these roles um, include Scott Joplin, Sergei Rachmaninoff, George Gershwin, Percy Granger, Jelly Roll Morton, and Thomas Fats Waller. An interesting note about the roles produced by Thomas Waller, not all the roles are actually recorded by him. There was a postal worker turned piano roll editor named J. Lawrence Cook, who apparently recorded in Waller's place. But this was with Waller's blessing. Apparently, Cook had such a fine mimicry of Waller's style that Waller himself suggested Cook could play the roles and Waller's name would be signed by them. Interestingly... What an easy way to get your name out there, I guess. little side hustle. <laughs> I mean, speaking of side hustle, it, it wasn't really, because, <laughs> interestingly, because of this mimicry, Waller got no royalties from the sale of the rolls, but he didn't seem to care during his lifetime. But his estate did, mm. and after his death, he demanded, they demanded he start getting royalties of QRS, the piano roll editing company that was going to continue to use his name. Now, of course, as time went on, other forms of recording got better and better, and of course the piano roll was just exclusively for this piano. It's not like we really had a whole orchestra being reproduced. You know, we couldn't listen to a Beethoven symphony in its full glory on a player piano. Right. And so, as you probably guessed, player pianos have mostly been phased out at this point. Now, of course, you can still buy electric keyboards that come encoded with thousands of MIDI samples. These are essentially the piano rolls of the present, but even when we're dealing with MIDI sound, it is not the same as an acoustic piano. Some are starting to get there. That's true. MIDI is getting better and better. It yeah. is. Now, Asa, have you ever encountered a player piano in the wild? Yes. Um, gosh, <laughs> I'm tell. trying to remember. It's it's a childhood memory um, I have of a family friend or relative, but I believe it was like a, I believe it was a family friend that had a player piano, and it 
sort of worked. Yeah, and it sort of works. I remember we had, like, they had some piano rolls that we would try to put in there. And by the way, these piano rolls, they would roll over a drum, um, but they were more like stacks. When, like, our, our accordion-style stacks of paper that you would load mm-hmm. in and then put mm-hmm. into a feed mechanism, kind of like a printer, that would then feed it through the the detection mechanism. And I, I, I'm not sure if this if this player piano was pneumatic or electric, um, Do you remember anyone sitting there pumping on it? Or was no, it- no, I mean, I don't... It, it definitely plugged in. I don't remember ah. if it used an electric pneumatic pump or, like, sensors and then electric mechanisms. Oh, I see. Um, if it was more fancy than the suction. Right, right. Ah. But I do remember that it, it looked and felt quite old and that the piano rolls themselves were falling apart. Oh, my. Those should um, be collected and preserved. If I knew, if you are the, a family friend who is listening to this and you have a pay, player piano, um, let me know because I would love to see that again. The other thing, I, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a lot of sort of... Player pianos are, are often used quite effectively for comedic effect in TV mm-hmm. um, and movies. They're great. <laughs> They're great. Most of the time, like playing some type of rag in a western saloon mm-hmm. or like if someone is there sitting on the piano and then stands up and the piano continues mm-hmm. to play right you know for comedic effect or as or as you mentioned oh no it's a ghost no it's just no. a player piano <laughs> well i also have experience with player pianos in the wild thanks for asking asa oh you're welcome <laughs> so i went to the Piano Museum, which I believe is somewhere in Wisconsin, but it might also be Minnesota, and I'm really sorry that I don't remember where it was. Um, but I was on a family road trip, and we went to this place, and they actually had a player piano with an authentic Gershwin piano roll Ooh. playing Rhapsody in Blue. That's very and cool. It was it was specifically one of the reproducing pianos, so it did have his you know exact dynamics and everything like that. And that was quite nifty to hear. Um, theirs was, I'm pretty sure, pneumatic, but definitely electric. They didn't have to sit there and right. pump it. But how, that was how cool. accurate did the reproduction seem? You know, it seemed pretty... Obviously, you could recognize the tune because right. the holes were there in the right order. But it did seem to have, like, excellent rubato. Nice. And it seemed like it you know, had some dynamic contrast. That's very cool. I feel like the dynamic contrast is still not quite as good as an actual human doing it, mm-hmm. but like you can definitely tell what's going on there. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if you listener have experience with, uh, with player pianos or any other interesting stories that you'd like to share with us, do email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com or get in touch with us via our Instagram as well. It's a great way. Um, it's a great way to reply to some of the reply to some of the posts we make. Oh yeah. If you have videos of player pianos oh, yes, that please. are not under copyright that you want to share with us, mm-hmm. we could put those maybe on our Instagram. Yeah, that'd be great. Ooh, how fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely go look up like of course digital CDs now, uh or digital albums, my gosh. <laughs> of 
these piano rolls that have been digitized so that you can, you know, hear what they sounded like. You know, you can hear the authentic yeah. Gershwin and the authentic Joplin. They're now, readily available I, out there on Spotify. YouTube, and I would, I would yeah, I would definitely say YouTube. I think the the real the the real joy of watching these player pianos is watching the keys depress themselves and the piano actually play itself because if it's just the music then what's the in these day in this day and age <laughs> um, what's the point of just listening to the audio when you could listen to better audio at this <laughs> at this point <laughs> go watch the videos they're they're sweet they're really cool yes yes <laughs> all right you know so... what's something else that's really cool sharing and liking this podcast absolutely <laughs> and you listener if you'd like to be very cool please do just that consider leaving us reviews on itunes spotify wherever it is that you get your podcast five stars on spotify goes a long please way these days stars. please um, five stars <laughs> and share us with a like-minded friend or family member or colleague that might like own or want to know about player pianos I'm sure you have a family member that would love to tell you all about the player piano that their grandma had in her oh, yeah. kitchen, and they used to sit at it all day and pretend that they were the great Rachmaninoff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Or the great Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> you know, whatever the story is. Yes. And thank you for listening to our stories for the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. I am Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Scott Joplin's Maple Leaf Rag was performed by Stefano Legati, and the Wall Street Rag was performed by Constantine Stefan. You can find the coffee apps on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com.